Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Okay, welcome back to our second episode of Deeds in the Desert. I'm your host, Maddie. And today we have with us Carrie Cook, president of Ignite Funding. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? We're happy to have you today. Me too. I'm excited to be here. So Carrie, would you like to tell us a little bit about your background and why you are qualified to tell them about trust deeds? Well, Maddie, (laughs) qualifications. Let's talk about them for just a second. I have been in the industry now for about 17 years. Wow. Yep. So um, I know you can't see the gray hair on this podcast, but it really does exist. Yeah, I don't see any. Yeah, so I've seen it all. Um, I'm being really honest with you as far as qualifications. Mm -hmm. Take it back 17 years, and I think all of us know what has happened with real estate over that period of time. Yep. So I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I would say the one thing that makes us the most qualified here is that our concept of lending our investors money mm-hmm. is all based on the concept of us willing to own it. So we use that term loan to own, okay. not because we want to own the assets, but because we need to evaluate them based on the fact of the worst case scenario of us having to take possession of that, that property. So as far as qualifications, we've seen it all. Mm-hmm. I've seen it all. I've experienced it all. I typically am the person that works with the borrowers uh, when we do have issues Um, It usually gets punted to me. So I'm kind of the workout gal, if you will. Um, The last resort uh, that the borrowers don't want to talk to. (laughs) But yeah, as far as qualifications, obviously, you know, I'm licensed um, to have this conversation with you and to talk about all things, all things real estate. So, okay, perfect. Fire away. Yeah. So let's start off from the very beginning. What is a trust deed? What's a trust deed? Boy, we're going basic here. Yep. You know, there's a couple different ways you can describe a trustee. Okay. And I'm going to do it from the general sense of if you are a borrower mm-hmm. and you are looking for financing, you would typically go to a lender. In this particular case, when we're talking about Ignite, invest in a, a property or project. You're investing in the dirt and potentially the facility that's sitting on top of the dirt, whether that be a home or a commercial building. And precious metals. If you were to invest in precious metals, you have metals. You have something tangible you have that gold, is collateralizing it. The gold Correct. in your hand. Yes. Okay. So if a borrower or the markets to, to come down on either one of those, you have something tangible. You haven't lost everything. It's not like a stock and a company goes out of business, goes bankrupt, yep. and your stock becomes, well, you know, paper in the wind. This actually is something solid underneath your investment. Okay. So talking about trust deeds, what are the different types of loans an investor sees at Ignite Funding? So we do run a full gamut from the acquisition, development of the project through the construction. And even I would add a fourth one on there, which is the refinancing of those. Okay. So when we talk about acquisition, though, each one has its own elements to it. So mm-hmm. let's break down. Do you mind if we break those down? No, I'd love to. 
Okay, so when it comes to an acquisition loan, those come in a couple different forms. Probably the most traditional that people are accustomed to is the acquisition of land, right? So banks will provide construction financing, but they won't help the home builder acquire the dirt that they have to build on or develop the dirt they have to build on, but they happily will provide the construction financing to go vertical and build the homes. So what you're saying is you also help with the beginning stage. We do. Okay. We are there when others aren't from that acquisition point. Now that's residential example. Yep. The commercial example, you're typically acquiring something that's existing. So an acquisition loan can be from the dirt element or it could also from a residential side, but it can also be from, you know, the the existing structure side of the acquisition of the project that could be, you know, mean that they are going to redevelop it. They could be doing some TI improvements. They could be improving the tenants uh, quality, those sorts of things. So there's definitely two components to acquisition development too. There's two components to the development side on the residential side, you're putting in the gutters and, you know, all of the the elements that are necessary to get the project to a vertical state from the construction or from the uh, commercial side, you may be redeveloping that project. You may have acquired an entire shopping plaza and you're going to develop the out parcels. So development can have multiple meetings depending upon whether it's residential or commercial. And we do both here. We do both. Same thing with construction, right? So the commercial may be more TI improvements of an existing structure still considered construction, where the residential, we all commonly know that is, you know, your sticks and bricks to put your house up. So acquisition development and construction. We are known as a bridge financing facility as well. They utilize us to bridge in between Mm -hmm. getting their takeout financing. So we may have borrowers that come to us with a project where we're just refinancing it from another finance company in between the time that they're getting their traditional financing with their lower interest rates. Okay. And what would the minimum investment be for an investor? So our minimum investment for the first investment, I say the first investment is $10,000. Okay. Once you are an investor with us though, you can invest at from that point forward at $5,000 or higher. Oh, that's nice. Okay. And going along with that, How long are these loans typically written for? All of our loans are written under um, the first initial nine-month period. We do allow for borrowers to take or have an extension period of nine months. Sometimes they have two extension periods for nine months. It just depends on the project and kind of how we've laid out the timeframe for that project. All of that information is agreed upon prior to the initial loan being funded, but all loans are at nine months. Okay. And the investors are informed before their loan gets extended? They're informed from the initial onset of funding the loan. Okay. So one thing we like to make sure of with our investors is they realize that the borrower has the ability to extend. It's not something that they have to come back and get approval for. They get approval from the get-go. Okay. So when we offer these investments to our investors, we let them know that the borrowers have that extension period and that they should prepare for the fact that it could take as long as 18 months But with our financing costs associated, we're really trying to get that borrower to to move as quickly as possible. Okay, that makes sense. And since the investments are usually pretty short money, they're less likely to pay our our investors their interest. And I know you mentioned underwriting. Next week, we are going to be having the director of underwriting, Pat, with us. So he'll get to dive a little bit deeper into what all of that means. So 
Relating to trust deeds, are there suitability requirements? Is this only for accredited investors? So it's not just for accredited investors. Um, we do not run on, under a fund environment. We are uh, multi-beneficiary lending. And so the investors, we talked about collateralized uh, investments and what that means. Collateralized investments means um, when a investor is investing in a project, they're a multi-beneficiary lender. They own a percentage of that. So in, in that regard, the suitability requirements that we fall under are those based on the Nevada revised statutes, which require that an investor must have a $70,000 household income. Okay. So when I say household, I mean the household. So you, spouse, et cetera, combine $70,000 or a $250,000 net worth, which excludes your primary residence. So if you have equity in your primary residence, you have to pull that out. Okay. So those are the requirements that um, our investors must meet for suitability to invest here. Okay. So whether they're, you know, however they're investing, those requirements have to be met. And you said a household, could that be someone in their friend or do they have to be married? It is defined. I'm not... An attorney is defined as household. So anybody who lives in that household, okay, um, you know, if it's your kids, if it's your spouse, if it's whatever it happens to be, the household definition is just that, whomever is in the home. Okay. And can you only invest with a checking or a savings? We have a lot of different investment options. What I mean by that is it's not limited. So when you invest in real estate or really anything for that matter on the alternative side of not, you know, your traditional investing, but you can invest as an individual with your checking or savings account. You can invest as a joint account with a husband and wife. Okay. So as joint tenants, um, you can invest with your trust. We do have a lot of uh, spouses that will invest with their trust oh, just wow. so it's left to a legacy. We have businesses that invest with us. And we have 401k plans. We have solo 401k plans, both the cash and the business side, and then qualified funds. So we do have a lot of self-directed IRA investors that are investing through that tax-deferred and tax-free option as well. Yeah, I've heard around the office a lot that investors like to utilize the self-directed IRA to invest with Ignite funding. Why do you think that is? So I think when you're talking to individuals on the phone about investing, a lot of times we quickly go to what's sitting in our savings account because that's not making us much money. And we inherently just kind of forget about the fact that we have other qualified funds. This could be old 401k plans from previous employers. This could be the IRA that your tax professional says, well, if you put $6,000 in this, I can help you save from paying the IRS. So we do it. But then we don't really do anything with it. So a lot of times we find ourselves educating clients about the fact that these qualified funds are earning the same amount as your savings account is. So why not get those funds deployed? And those funds are easier to invest because you're not thinking about them, right? Mm -hmm. you're, it, most of us will check our bank accounts, you know, once a day, once a week, once a month, whatever yeah. the case may be. But how often are we actually going and checking our IRAs? Not very often. Exactly. So what we try to do is we try to educate on that and we try to get those funds working. So instead of them earning, the only risk is because if we don't do a good job on the underwriting side, we wouldn't, well, I, first of all, I wouldn't offer the loan to our investors. We've already mitigated the risk on the underwriting. Yep. We're not lending a hundred percent of the value of any property ever. That's not happening. 
So we've already mitigated the risks by building in that equity cushion so that we do have softening or correction of the market, that we're prepared for that. That when we have to take that property back because the borrower doesn't make their interest payments, which is kind of a longer story, maybe a segment that we should talk about as far as what is that process and what does that look like? Because in each state, it's a little bit different. There are you know, obviously protections and regulations that we have to follow to foreclose on a property. But foreclosing on the property does cost money. It's not free. But Ignite Funding does step in and help with that collection process. But if we've mitigated that risk from the front end and we have enough equity in the project, the cost of taking that back is built into that. We recognize that it's not free to take back property. So that's why the underwriting process is it's so important. It's so important. It's it's the it's step one. It's step one in this entire step process. Step one, the most important. The most important. Because over time, you start to become comfortable with Ignite funding and our underwriting process and our loan to values and loan to costs that we're, we're putting on these projects. But then it really is just, you know, how viable is the project? How viable is the borrower's ability to maintain a healthy financial stream of business? Because they have to be diversified too, right? If you're always just paying out interest payments to your lender, <laughs> chances are, and if you're not taking in any money, you know, that's not sustainable over a long period of time. It's the fact we have nine month loans. So that's <laughs> the risk. That is inherently the risk is that the borrower doesn't pay. We have to take back the property. Hopefully the, the time frame in which we're taking back the property is the most opportune time for our investors as well, because we have different phases that we're lending into, and they all have and carry a different degree of um, carrying costs, a different degree of risk associated with them. So that varies as well. Benefits are obvious. The benefits are obvious, right? You have collateralized investments that is secured by the trust deed, the deed of trust, which is a whole nother segment that we could talk about, uh, you know, how we secure the properties and making sure that we do have situations like this, that we're able to work through them in a manner that is securing the asset itself. The benefits are passive income in collateralized real estate. Where else can you get a double digit return while somebody else does all the work? Passive income. I keep hearing you say that. Mm -hmm. What exactly does that mean? So it's just that somebody else is doing the underwriting. Somebody else is servicing the loan. Somebody else is collecting the borrower payments and processing those borrower payments. In this case, Ignite Funding. Ignite Funding is doing all of this for you while you kind of, you know, sit on the beach and drink your Mai Tai. Yeah. It's this or you have a rental property that, you know, the plumber calls you at 3 a.m. and you have to handle it yourself. Mm -hmm. Passive is that you get to sit back, relax in the hammock, let us do all the work. So there you have it. Trustees. A passive income. Yes, ma'am. Is there anything else you think that we haven't discussed? Well, there's lots of things that you but would there's like. there's not enough time in one podcast. I know there's not enough time. I'm going to have to get you in next week and the week after that. That's fine. I think you could take all of those topics and we could, we could seriously rip a lot of them apart um, to kind of understand, you know, our philosophy and what we do here to mitigate that risk. Cause that's probably the most important thing that people need to understand. Well, good thing we have Pat coming in next week yes. to talk about underwriting. He is the director of underwriting and how long he's been doing this for quite some time, I hear. He has. I think he's been with me now for, oh gosh, I think we're going on 14 years. That is very long. So he's got lots of experience. He does. So next week we'll be going over that. So make sure you stay tuned and listen to Deeds in the Desert. Thank you for coming in today, Carrie. I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule. No problem. Anytime. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert. 
where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 